Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside. Welcome back, my friends. Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me again. Episode four, moving right along. Maybe I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of figuring out what I'm doing. I certainly appreciate you guys for joining me, guys and girls, for joining me again. Those of you that are uh, back for another listen, we really appreciate your support. Uh, I've got some a lot of new listeners coming on. I'm getting some emails, Facebook stuff, and uh, encouragement, so I really appreciate that. I'd like to give a, a special thanks to a, a new buddy, Lucas Apps. He runs the Triangle Tactical Podcast. So if you haven't heard of that, I would recommend checking it out. Um, he reached out to me, say, listen to the show, introduced me to his show. I've listened to half a dozen or so episodes, uh, the last of which he actually plugged my show, which was very kind of him. And uh, hopefully I have some new listeners from uh, from that. Uh, he's kind of a similar format. He's a competitive shooter, focuses on competition events, uh, new shooters getting into competition, how to get into competition, as well as some self-defense tactical aspects. So a lot of the same stuff I'm doing. I've enjoyed listening to his show. Uh, hopefully he enjoys listening to mine, and we can get some cross-pollination going on. So if you haven't heard of that, Triangle Tactical Podcast, I recommend going and checking it out. Uh, also, uh, Dave Hartman reached out to me. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. He runs the Three Gun Show podcast. I've listened to that one for a while. As, as I've said before, I've been dipping my toe into Three Gun in the last couple of uh, years, last year and a half or so. Uh, he's talked about maybe having me over on his show, so I hope to get that scheduled between us, get our schedules jiving. But I uh, appreciate him reaching out as well, and I encourage you to to go listen to that, especially if you got an interest in Three Gun, uh, as that's where his, his focus is. So if you're a new listener, I'm Shannon Smith. I, I work primarily at Universal Shooting Academy in Central Florida. Primarily make my living teaching, instructing, and running competitions. But as I say, have gun will travel. So if you need me to come to your location, teach a class there, we can certainly set that up. Reach out through me uh, to me through any of my avenues. And for anybody looking for training, uh, Facebook at Shannon Smith Shooting, website as well, shannonsmithshooting.com, uh, email address, uh, Shannon Smith shooting at Gmail or my, my personal address is smithyfl uh, at Gmail, which is on the Universal website. Also, uh, I've been doing a lot of a lot of training this summer, actually more so than than most summers, which I'm very happy about. We're about to get into our really busy season with matches at Universal Shooting Academy, so my training is going to drop off a little bit, but uh, you know certainly get you on the schedule if you're interested. Uh, earlier you can get a hold of me, the better, and we'll get it we'll get it scheduled uh, ASAP. Format-wise for the podcast, I've talked about this a little bit, but I've kind of settled on a on a plan. It's going to be twice monthly. The uh, second week and the fourth week of the month is my goal for releasing new episodes for your scheduling purposes. Uh, as we stand now, we're August 16. Uh, so this one probably won't be released tonight, but it'll be released by the end of the week, so we're in the second week. And I'm going to try to maintain that as best I can. We're, as I mentioned, get, getting ready to get into our crazy schedule. Uh, here at Universal with all our national championships and other matches coming up. But I uh, hope to be able to maintain uh, maintain that schedule. Thanks for the questions. They've been rolling in pretty good through the different avenues on Facebook, uh, through the website, and on email. I'm not ignoring you if I don't get to it tonight. I'm keeping a queue. I've actually got a good old Word document on the, my desktop and adding the, all the questions that come in, uh, regardless of the avenue that they come in, 
uh, to that document. So I'm not missing you. I'm not forgetting you. And I will get to them as soon as I can. Um, I'm kind of trying to tie in the, the question to whatever topic it is that I want to talk about for that episode or sometimes the reverse. Sometimes it's a great question and I'm going to build the, the topic of the episode around it. But uh, I appreciate all of them coming in. Uh, keep them coming. It certainly gives me some stuff to talk about. I'm going to hit on uh, a little bit on the Olympics tonight. I'm going to hit, I just came back from the production Carry Optics Nationals. I'm going to hit on that quite a bit. A lot of thoughts there. So we may run a little bit over my normal scheduled uh, planned 20 to 25 minute podcast. Maybe a little bit longer tonight. But uh, hopefully cover some good topics. Going to jump right into the first question. Of course, after all that I said, this question doesn't exactly tie into what I'm talking about tonight. But uh, it's a good question to get to. The question was, why is it so hard for a B-class shooter to get into A-class? And that is a, it's a USPSA question. If you're familiar with USPSA, you understand what that means. If not, uh, quick and dirty, USPSA has a classification system. It's basically a curve. It grades your scores on a given stage or course of fire against the best in the world that have ever shot that course. They have a, a set, exact laid out course of fire measurements, target size, target distance, etc. Uh, there's a bunch of them, 60, 70, 80, I don't know. And most of your local club series matches will have one of those at every club match. Sometimes they'll have a, what they call a special classifier match where they'll, they'll uh, have more than one, you know, two, three, four, five. Uh, all those will get sent in for scores. But basically, that, that exact course of fire has been shot by all around the country by various shooters. And all those scores are sent in nationally, and they keep a database. It's kind of a secret squirrel system is how they come up with the uh, the high score, or what we call the high hit factor. But for our purposes tonight, there is a high score to hit. doesn't matter necessarily how they get there. But whatever that high score is, you're graded on a curve off of that. So if the best in the world is 100%, whatever score yours comes in at, in at as 80%, 60%, 20%, uh, that's the score that you get. And then they keep, again, further confusing matters, they keep a rolling average of your percentage. And that changes over time. Um, your, your worst ones will drop off over the months and years, and your better ones will stay on, and obviously you'll hopefully shoot better as the time goes on as well, and your score will change. But the question, why is it hard to get from B to A? Well, there's a kind of a, a saying within the game is B classes where good shooters go to die. And the reason is the 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 gap of percentages gets smaller as you go up. Um, you can look this up on USPSA, but basically uh, 40% and below is D class. So that's a, a 40% spread from 0 to 40. Uh, C class is 40 to 60, so there's a 20% spread. Uh, B class is 60 to 75, 15% spread. And from there it just gets smaller. Uh, so you got 10% for A, 10% for master and five percent for grandmaster, so you're getting into um, you know smaller percentage gaps the the higher you get. But B class is kind of right in the middle. That's uh, uh, a solid shooter, but you know to go from uh, you know C score, which is sixty percent, to get out to get out of C into B is a I don't know if mediocre is the right word, but I mean, you're, you're, getting to be, you're getting to be a pretty solid shooter when you reach B-class. You've probably been in the game for a little bit. You're starting to understand the scoring, understand the stages, understand the, the techniques, and you're starting to get, to get 
air quotes, good. Well, now you, you've still got a 15% jump to get from there to A. So I think, although obviously C is, is a bigger jump, is a 20% jump, but I think B is really the biggest percentage because anybody that puts a lot of time into the game and, and gives it some dedication, I think can reach B class with, I don't know if ease is the right word, but with, with, with you know, with time put in, understanding and, and putting the work in, I think you can reach B class. That's kind of where it gets tough. So to answer the question, uh, you have a, a, a large percentage gap. You've got to jump 15% to, to clear B. And more importantly, that's kind of where the skill set jumps. There's, uh, I, think, I think there's a bigger difference between a B-class shooter and an A-class shooter than maybe a B-class shooter and a C-class shooter per se. Uh, it all comes down to consistency, and that's true all the way up. And the more consistent you are, the better off you're going to perform and the better your score is going to be. But I think that, that skill set jump and the, the ability to, to shoot classifiers, and you can look this stuff up and, and see, you know, look up uh, look up the number of your, your buddy that's an A shooter or that's uh, somebody that you know that's an M shooter or a GM shooter. You know, you can look up their number on USPSA, and you can see their scores. Uh, and you can see the kind of scores they're putting up on, on local level matches, at national level matches, et cetera. And you can compare that to, you know, kind of what you're doing at those at those same matches in, in a lot of instances. And you'll see that, uh, that that just seems to be a skill set jump there between B and A. So to answer the question, uh, that's the reason it's a mathematical deal. you got 15% to jump, and that's kind of the dividing line. I mean, it's, it's almost right in the middle of, of skill sets uh, according to the classes. And uh, it takes, you know, markedly more dedication to jump from B to A as it would from C to B, in my opinion. So thanks for the question. Hopefully that uh, gets you on the right track. I want to hit on the Olympics. I'm got them on mute here on the TV as I'm as I'm recording the cast. Big fan of the Olympics. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last cast, but I'd love to see America crushing anything, whether it's nuclear war or 100 meter sprint. Uh, I'm obviously a big patriot and and like to see us doing well. But the big thing, it, it's the competition. I mean, the competition of the, you know, of the Olympics is, I don't know, man, if, if you, if you've never been there, and obviously I've never been to the Olympics, but, you know, if you've never been in that competitive environment, and I'm watching these kids, obviously some of them super young, um, you know, some in their 30s, depending on the sport, uh, I, I hesitate to say this, but I mean, I consider myself kind of being there, kind of being in the same realm at the at the levels that we compete in our sport, obviously not an Olympic sport, obviously not at that level. Uh, but to us, that's what it is. You know, our, our world shoot is our Olympics, uh, our national championship, our nationals, just like gymnastics or track and field has their world championships or their national championships. And, you know, I kind of feel like, uh, again, I hate to say like I've been there, but that's kind of how like I feel. And I see the people that are coming up short and I see the people that are victorious and, you know they're going, they're coming to tears on the on the medal stand and listen to their anthem being played, and uh, that's why I do what I do. I mean that's why I compete. It's that again the, the the nervousness you feel before matches or the trepidation you feel. I call it the juice. You know you, if if you don't feel that juice stepping up on the line, I'm not sure that uh, that I'd stay with the sport. And that's what it's all about to me is being able to perform under that pressure. And you watch. I was watching a soccer game today, and 
uh, the, the Swiss had the, the girls, Swiss girls had a went down to penalty kicks after double overtime, and it went to the end of the penalty kicks, and uh, they the Swiss had blocked uh, Brazil's last shot, so it came down to this one girl, and if she put it, if she put the ball in the goal, they're going to the gold medal game. If she didn't, they're going home. And I mean that level of pressure is is just insane, especially on a on a young person like that, and. You know, do you step up to that level and you perform, or does that bother you and you fail? It's it's not a right or wrong. It's just whether it happens or not happens. And you know, she was able to put it in the net, and they're they're going on to the gold medal, which is a killer for for Brazil because that was their their home uh, home country, obviously. But uh, I, you know, I'm no uh, I'm no Rob Latham. I'm I'm no Max Michelle. And if you get to the point where you have uh, 27 national titles, eh. I don't know. Maybe you don't feel the juice anymore. I, I can't speak for those guys, but you know, for me, I have uh, one national USPSA title. I've got one uh, steel national title in iron sights. I was at the world shoot in 2008 in Indonesia. I was able to finish third in standard division and third in the world with a limited gun. And uh, the U.S. team, I was on the U.S. team, and and we won handily for the uh, for the team title. So I was standing on the podium with the team, you know, the U.S. medal. We've got the flag out there, and uh, they're playing the national anthem. On the uh, the individual title, the other two finishers, Blake and Travis, ahead of me, all Americans. So three of us standing on the podium. Again, American flags up there. Uh, they're, they're playing the anthem, and it was, I, you know, all I can say it was just fucking cool. Uh, I was able to represent my country, and... That that means a hell of a lot to me. I, again, I can't speak for the other guys. I don't know if it if, if it means that much to them, but you know the pressure that I felt on myself at that world shoot, and I, you know, I'm not as good as, as Travis, uh, especially with a limited gun, and I, I never think of it in, in a defeatist standpoint. I, mean, I don't go into a match thinking, well, I'm going to lose this. But realistically, coming to that match, you know, I am who I am. I'm thinking, look, I'm probably not going to win the world shoot. I would like to. That'd be awesome. But let's get real now. Probably not going to happen. But I'm a pretty goddamn good iron-sided shooter at the time. And, you know, my main thing was I don't want to go in there and embarrass myself, embarrass my country, embarrass my team, embarrass the guys. You know, I wanted to put up a good score. Uh, of the four team members, they take the, the, the top three scores count. They've got four team members in case... Something goes wrong, you know. Somebody gets DQ'd or has a bad, horrible match or something. You're able to, you know, have one caveat or one throwout, basically put up, you know, put up your your three good scores. So that was my second goal. You know, I wanted wanted to be one of those three, even though I was the fourth qualifier coming in by the skin of my teeth, no less. Uh, it was a goal of mine to have that to be one of those top three to have my score count, uh, and that worked out. So the 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 pressure was insane. Uh, something I'll never forget. And so here we are, what, six years later? No, more than that. Um, next World Shoot 2017. And I'm trying to make the Open team now. So my goal is to make the Open uh, open team for the next World Shoot, which will be in uh, France, outside of Paris. And again, it's going to be the same goal. You know, I, I don't know that I'll be in contention to win at the time. Some of the Open guys out there are, are pretty insane. But I'm trying to hang with them as best I can. And put up a good score for that. So the point of all this in, in the nationals was the 
the, the heaviest pressure situation I've, I've ever been in. Uh, 2011, uh, limited nationals. And limited was kind of my game at the time, although I'm working on open now. And it just it's just the way I feel about these Olympians. You know, if you haven't been there, maybe, maybe you don't get it. I don't know. But uh, I had not, I don't, I may have been leading through day one of the Nationals before, but this Nationals was a three-day event, and at the end of day two, I was leading. Uh, so we're going to the last day of the National Championship, and I'm out front. So I had not been in that position before, and you know, the pressure was just insane. I, I, unless, you, I, unless you've done something like that, and it could be any sporting event, high school, college, grade school, whatever. But, you know, when you're in that position... There's nobody around there that can affect it but you. It's all on you. And the and again, I can't speak for the other guys that have been there a lot, uh, Rob and Todd and some of the other big dogs. Maybe maybe it lessens. I, I reckon it probably does. I wouldn't know. But you know that that level of pressure I felt that morning. I mean, I didn't sleep, I didn't eat, and it was just, can you can you can you hang on? And it wasn't like it was a huge lead. It was a small lead, but. Enough that I figured if I didn't have any main major fuck-ups on the final day, I could probably I could probably hang on to the lead. So the final day was, I think, six stages or something, and I was good into the good into the last stage. And just as the the roll of dice would have it, I was scheduled to go up first on the last stage, which was way better than last. I'd rather just get up there, put up a score, and get it get it over with. Um, and that's what happened. So I was up first on the last stage. Uh, I, I can remember that stage like it was yesterday, and that was uh, eight years ago, or five, sorry, five years ago. But there was a tricky, uh, tricky double activator in the second position, and it was possible to go activator, target, target, target type of deal, or you could kind of quote-unquote lay up and take a target in between there, hit the activator, and it would make the sequence easier. Uh, so again, I chose, the, I chose the layup route on the theory that if I got through this stage, if I got through that stage clean with a semi-respectable time, that was going to be good enough. And that was plenty of uh, plenty of pucker factor to, to get through and obviously made it and end up winning the match. But uh, that, that level of you know that level of pressure is just what I see or feel when I watch these kids in these these Olympics, whether it's uh, gymnastics, which is on right now. Watching Simone Biles, who's been kicking ass with the USA uh, track and field, we were watching earlier. Uh, watched some weightlifting earlier, and it's just uh, obviously watched a lot of swimming. I don't know. It's just you know seeing the kids on the medal stands and knowing the competitive feel, and these, they've been doing it their whole life, and they're still super young. Uh, it's just hard to believe the kind of pressures they're under and, and being able to come out and perform under those pressures is pretty cool. So looking forward to the last last week of the Olympics and a lot of track and field coming up, and we'll see how that goes. I'm uh, going to hit on the the production and carry optics nationals, the first ever carry optics nationals. So just back from that, today is Tuesday. Just go back from that actually yesterday. So that was just this past weekend. I had mentioned in the last episode... I put in a lot of time out on production practice this year, more so than ever before, and there's really no good reason for why I did it, other than just to hit the schedule right uh, into the summer. My uh, training schedule is a little bit lighter than uh, normal, 
and just had the time. So I put a lot of time in practice. I know we talked on that, on dialing the Glock in, getting the sights working, and uh, felt pretty good. Shot, I don't know, four or five, six thousand rounds or something over the last couple of weeks over both guns. And out of the gates, day one of the production nationals, and had two misses on the first stage on swingers. Uh, were not difficult swingers, actually relatively slow. They were a little bit distant maybe, but certainly on the slow side. And two swingers missed one shot on each. Zero explanation, except for, as my students would know, the sights weren't on the target when the shot released. Duh. But uh, super disappointing and uh, uh, really shook the confidence level. You know, I felt prepared, felt ready to go. And uh, to come out of the gate like that just is a real kick in the nuts. Uh, you know, shooting my best. And again, I, don't, I can't swear I came into the production nationals thinking I was capable of winning. But uh, I did come in thinking I was capable of top five. But the pace that I shoot and the style that I shoot, I can't go dropping two misses on a stage and, and expect to get in at the top five. So that was a big blow to the, the confidence. The second stage wasn't much better. Had a a couple of misses on a on a crucial steel target uh, that resulted in two standing reloads. So that put me five seconds off the pace, six seconds off the pace on a stage. Uh, so the second stage in the match. Uh, standby for cigar lighting operations. So just about the, the most horrible start you could possibly have to a national championship. Uh, so again, very disappointing. No excuse. I, I, uh, I didn't feel overly nervous. Wasn't too wound up. Maybe that was the problem. That was one of the things I was thinking about. And I'm going to do some more analyzing on the match and, and my thoughts on it. Maybe that's part of it. You know, I don't, uh, I don't really love production. I don't dig production. I don't, don't care is not a good word. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's not, it's not my focus. I've been focused on open and limited the last couple of years, and production is not really my thing. But that doesn't mean you can't, you shouldn't be able to go there and, and produce and, and stand up with a Glock with against the best in the world. So there's, that, that's not really an excuse, except that, you know, I didn't feel that juice that I was talking about as much, a little bit, but not as much as I will for the Open Nationals, for example, or the Limited Nationals, for example. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But. You know, the bottom line is I shot those two swingers with a target focus, which I damn sure shouldn't have been doing, and it cost me. Um, the next stage, missing the steal, uh, who knows? Jerking the trigger, target focus again. It's hard to diagnose 100% right away. But certainly put me in a hole. The rest of the match, I actually shot okay. Had a mistake here and there. Had one other miss on, a, on another stage on the next day. Uh, but not bad. You know, I put up some good times on some on certain stages. But the the... The competition of the production nationals is is insane. It's especially you got a standalone match like that. All the top manufacturers are there. All the top shooters are there. Uh, I don't know how many GMs there were. I didn't count, but there was a lot. Uh, and you know a lot of great shooters that, that were unclassified that just again don't shoot a lot of production. So the competition's insane. And uh, if I shot well, if I shot solid, I would expect to be in the top ten. If I shot perfect, I'd expect to be in the top five. Uh, if I shot very average, I'd expect to be in the top 16. And that's that's where I finished up. So I finished 15th there. And the top 16 is kind of uh, 
you know, the number that we always talk about, especially on a standalone match, we've got a lot, a lot of the top, top competition there. And that stems from the old days where they used to have uh, shoot-offs at every match. So the top 16 would go to a shoot-off. And that was always a standard. You know, if you made the, if you made the top 16 um, back then, especially when there was only two divisions, you were a hell of a shooter. And you went to the shoot-offs the next day, and that was always a big deal. And that was uh, my goal when I went to my first national championship, which I met. So that was pretty cool. And, um, and that's kind of remained the standard now, even though, if you got five or six divisions in a match, it's not quite uh, quite the same level of awesomeness, but uh, nonetheless important. Uh, congrats to Alex Goot, put one of his first national championship. Uh, I think I met him once, although we're not buddies, we're not friends. I, I don't know him that well. By all accounts, he's a super great guy, a uh, nice guy. Uh, gave a nice speech at the award ceremonies, so I look forward to getting to meeting him again, getting to know him better in the future. And I know what that first national championship feels like, and I'm sure he's feeling pretty cool right now, uh, especially against that field. It was a super, super stacked field to win it against. Uh, we were on, I wasn't on that squad, so I didn't see him shoot, but everybody said he, he put up an awesome, uh, consistent, steady performance, which uh, amazing is what it takes to win a national championship. Uh, following up on that was the the Carry Optics Nationals, the first ever Carry Optics Nationals. And uh, for those of you that may not be USPSA fans, Carry Optics is basically your standard, quote-unquote, standard gun with a red dot mounted on the slide. So your Glocks, your SIGs, your XDs, your CZs with some type of a small red dot uh, mounted either in the dovetail of the rear sight or most of them are milled into the, into the slide. I was shooting a, a Glock 34 with an RTS-2. Uh, was put together with a buddy of mine, TK Martindale, with Adam's arms. And the gun was flawless. The sight was great. Everything held together. Zero held. And that was a big question for a lot of folks. Is this a new new division? Is new technology? It's uh, you know, new sights. And what kind of ammo are you going to work? What kind of sights are going to hold up? What slide size is best, weight, what side slide weight is best, etc. So a lot of that came into play. I'm happy to say my gun worked flawlessly, uh, ammo worked flawlessly, sight worked great, held zero, and uh, I had a pretty good match. Again, wasn't perfect, but I shot well, uh, finished top five, and um, not a whole lot to to add on to that match I don't feel like I made any huge mistakes I did forget a target like an idiot uh, haven't done that in a hundred years but simple uh, relatively simple stage and I just totally didn't shoot a steel target I missed my missed a, my final position by six inches maybe and as I'm scanning across through my array of targets because I missed that position a little bit and the wall involved that, that target was not in view and uh you know, you shoot what you see. The only thing that is, I did get to the end of the end of the target engagement, and the way this stage worked out, I should have been out of rounds. I should have been at slide lock when I finished that array, and I wasn't. And I just had that sinking feeling that, man, what the hell just happened? And by the time I looked around and saw that steel, it was obviously once you have that conversation with yourself, it's too late to make it up at that point. So that caught that cost me a 25 point mistake, which is a lot when we're shooting good and it cost me one position in the finals but that's all uh, so it wasn't the 
certainly wasn't the sinking sinking of my match. The the guys at the top just shot outstanding. Uh, Max Michelle, congratulations to him. Buddy of mine won his first carry up or won the first carry optics nationals. So that's pretty cool. And Shane Cooley with Glock uh, was right behind him. Uh, again, I was lucky to to finish up fifth and was pleased with my performance. Uh, feel like I shot pretty well. Uh, the match was great. Barry, uh, Passa Park there in Barry, uh, usually put on pretty good matches. Uh, Ray Hurst usually puts on some pretty good stages, and I, I would say these were these were above average. They, a lot of good options, legit options to the stage. You know, everybody always says, "Well, I wish I want options in the stage," but on the ground, when you put them down. 98% of the time, there's really only one way to go. I mean, yeah, you might be able to do it another way, but truly, there's only one way to shoot the stage. Uh, but these, I will, I'll say, there was, a, there was a couple of them, not a lot, you know, three, four, that had a legit couple different ways you could shoot the stage, and uh, they're all viable. Uh, targets, you know, a lot of accuracy, as normal. A lot of no-shoots, a lot of partial targets, penalty targets, and uh, make you pay attention to your front sight. And then the production aspect... Scoring-wise, for those of you that are familiar with USPSA, you're, you're scored minor in uh, production and carry optics. So that adds a little bit to it as well. Regardless of the target size, you've still got to hit a 6-inch wide target in the middle. So it makes you uh, makes you suck up on that sight a little bit more than, than you might be accustomed to, especially if you're a open shooter or a limited shooter like me. Uh, so again, I may have some thoughts down the road on these, um, especially the production where I had some what I feel are mental mistakes. I'm going to put some more thought to that and may have some learning tools down the road to cover. But uh, the matches went great. A couple more national championships for the year. And uh, I was pleased with my performance on half. Could have done better production, but over and done with. Uh, wrapping up, you can find me at shannonsmithshooting.com. Check out the website. Uh, it's kind of sparse right now, but I've got a lot of ideas to add there. Uh, I've got some cool t-shirt ideas that'll be coming out for sale on the website uh, if you saw the production national shirt i was wearing we'll have that for sale and uh, i've got some other good ideas as well uh, questions as i mentioned you can hit me there at the website or at uh, facebook shannon smith shooting uh, on facebook i try to do a, a lot of cool videos match stuff there so be sure and follow me there if you haven't thus far and then U.S. Uh, Universal Shooting Academy schedule is about to get insane. So a lot going on there. We have the IPSC Nationals coming in September. Uh, the USPSA Handgun Nationals, which is open and limited, coming in October. End of October will be the Monster Match, which is freaking awesome. You'll hear a lot more about that in the coming months. Uh, followed up right behind that is the IRC, International Revolver Championship. Um, so that's going to be cool. First time it's been on the East Coast in a long time, if not ever. So we're happy to have that. So I'll give me a lot of, uh, a lot of fodder to talk about in the coming episodes, uh, as well as hitting on your questions. So be sure and let me know. Thanks. Get out on the range. <laughs>